the Equipping for Life podcast by Pastor Tony Paolo. Listen as Pastor Tony provides tactical tools to overcome obstacles in your everyday life. Today we're going to talk about do not be discouraged. And I'm, the scripture that I'm going to read is in Joshua chapter 1 verses 6 through 8. Um, and I remember at my installation service January 2007, Dr. Caporelli. Do you remember who prophesied right up here? Aldo Molino. Good memory. Aldo Molino, he preached, he, he prophesied this over my wife and I, and this is what he prophesied, Joshua chapter 1, verses 6 to 8. He said, be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Then he says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. I like that word. Who wants to be successful? Okay, good. Most of you, that's good. Verse 8, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Another version says mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful I love that. Meditate on it day and night. That means it doesn't say meditate seven minutes before you go to work. Because you're in a rush because you woke up really late and you don't have discipline. Day and. So that means it's possible for you as you're sleeping for this to like a tea bag. Possible. All right. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be, I love this phrase, prosperous and successful. How many of you want to be prosperous? How many of you want to be successful? So here it says, if you meditate and they only had the law, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, they only had the law then. He said, meditate on the law, you will be prosperous and successful. We have how many books? 66 books to the Bible. I'm not here to trick you. Just say 69. You have all these books. It says you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Beat says it again. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Do you notice? Did you notice the repetition? Right? You notice how many times he says it. If you're a, if you're a parent, and if you're a, Brian, if you're a parent, what do you do to get, make sure that Natalie gets the point? You repeat yourself. And sometimes you say things like, I've told you 500 trillion times. My kids say I exaggerate. Whatever. I told you five. So God the Father repeats himself numerous times because he wants to, he says, be courageous. Then he says, be very courageous. I want to remind you, haven't I told you? Be very courageous. Repetitive here. And the whole element of this, I was thinking about it and reflecting on this all week. Last week, before I began to really study this, I began to think. Now, I, I began to think. Just hear me out for a second while I kind of just flesh this out in my brain for a moment. So if God says don't do something and you do it, that's a sin. Yes? So if God says, don't be discouraged, I know some of you are already ahead of me, but slow it down. If God says, don't be discouraged, 
and then we are discouraged. Don't answer out loud, please. If God says, don't be discouraged, and if I am discouraged, does that mean I'm sinning? Don't answer, don't answer. I was like convicted. But then I began to study. And this is the whole part that my people, my people perish for lack of knowledge. So then I began to study, okay, what does this look like? So if I get discouraged, that means I'm an automatic sin. No, it's when your discouragement, discouragement leads you to doubt his word. When discouragement leads you to believe other things than the promises of God. Folks want an instant sense of deliverance when God calls you to live in fear. You see, the whole thing about this whole element of discouragement, when I look at this, the word itself, this courage, all it is is disconnecting you from courage. That's all, that's all that means. And when you have courage... That doesn't mean that you're not afraid. It just means that you're going to do whatever you're going to do sometimes afraid. You do it afraid, that means you have courage. When you say I'm a man of courage or you're a woman of courage, that means you're going to do the impossible. And we could look out all throughout scripture because I, I had one person say, I'm never afraid. I'm like, come on. Noah, I'm sure when God asked him to build the ark, he didn't go, okay, I got this. Let's go. Let's, can we talk about Jesus in the book of Luke? He was so distraught. This is real distraught. He started sweating great drops of blood. I would say he was a little upset at that moment. So when we talk about that we are men and women of courage, it doesn't mean that I'm not afraid. It means that what we're going to do, we're going to do it afraid. So this whole sense of courage, we're going to talk about two things that you really need to connect with for courage. And in this context with Joshua, it's God's plan, purpose, and mission, and then his word. That is it. So this context, God is saying, I will, when you look at the passage, I will, I am. I will do what I say. I will deliver you, I am. I did deliver you, I will, I am. All God did was just give Moses an overwhelming sense of his promises. This is what I am going to do. And, to, and, to, and from Joshua as well. This is what I am going to do in your life. Do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid. One version says it this way, don't be faint-hearted. It's like when your heart faints, it begins to believe other, it, during those seasons of discouragement, even in my own life, I stopped believing crazy things. You ever get a sense of believing things? You know what it is about the past? Discouragement lends you to believe more in the past than you do in the future, because the future is unknown, the past is, the past is known. You begin to look at the past more than you do the future. So when we look at the promises of God, that they are yes and amen, and when I look at this word, do not be discouraged, in the Hebrew is don't stay there. You're discouraged? Okay. Don't stay there. So me, as a good empathetic pastor as I am, when people say I'm discouraged, I say how long do you want to stay there? And usually they go, I'm done. Because ask that, think about it. You want to stay there for five minutes? God asked Saul, how long will you mourn? God asked Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? I see you're upset. I see you're destroyed. How long do you want to stay there? So that question in and of itself prompts us to think, you know what? I don't want to build equity here. I don't want to stay here. So if you stay here 
you'll end up feeling a lot of other things and doing a lot of things that would be displeasing to God. I'm not going to talk about what discourage is, discouragement is and what it's not, but I'm going to tell you what it typically leads to. And one of the things we read it leads to is Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. This is what it says. I am the Lord your God. This is another set of promises from the Lord. I am the Lord your God. I will bring you out from the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you. Notice this, everything God is saying I will do. He's saying, I am going to and I've done. He says, I will, I will free you from the, being slaves to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm with mighty acts. I will take you as my own people. I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the yoke of the Egyptians, and I will bring you to the land I swore with an uplifted hand to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Then Moses says, okay, thank you. I'm going to tell the people that. So Moses goes to the people, reports this to the Israelites, and the Bible says they didn't listen to him because they were so discouraged. So I'm thinking, I need to know what that means. Did they just automatically just shut off? Was there just a cutoff system in their mind and heart to the truth because they were so sad? In the original language, they did not listen to him is they didn't understand words of destiny and hope. When you're living in promise, when you're living in discouragement, you don't understand words of promise. When you're living in sadness, you don't want to hear about happiness. And so these people were so entrenched, and the fact was they were slaves, but the truth is God wanted to set them free. So all of a sudden, you might as well just be talking a different language. It's like, will you ever counsel with somebody that is just so in their, so in their toxic environment, and when you talk about hope, it's, a, it's like they don't understand it. Because discouragement is like glaucoma to your spiritual sight. You don't see anything. You don't hear anything. You t- and so, if we could be honest with ourselves, sometimes it's easier to stay there than to move out. Sometimes it's just easy just to close ourselves off from the world and just stay in this mindset. One dangerous thing that happens when you live in discouragement is that the lie begins to sound like the truth. That's it. The lie begins to sound like the truth. This is why when somebody is stuck, when somebody is in a funk, and we all get there. We all, to this day, every single day, discouragement knocks on my door. Why? Because we live in a very dark world. The pressure of darkness that's sitting and wants to sit as a mantle of darkness on your life. I notice it when it comes from afar off. And for me personally, I don't know how you do it, but for me personally, now my first 30 seconds of the day, I have to have my mind flooded with the goodness of God. Have some worship music on. Just kind of read a scripture. Because at any given moment, when you allow discouragement to come in, it'll begin, you begin to talk like the nation of Israel. Because what happens with the nation of Israel, they were saying to Moses, you should have kept us in Egypt. Why didn't you just leave us back there? At least we knew the fear of the unknown is terrible. At least we knew where we were coming from. Life was much better way back then. And then when you begin to talk to that person about freedom, they get mad at you because you're talking about the goodness of God. 
Somebody who's, who's really sick and discouraged, they get mad at you because you talk about healing. Somebody who's entrenched in their discouragement get mad at you because you talk about joy. Somebody who's living in darkness and wants to, in their mind, somehow they just easy to stay there, gets mad at you because you talk about the light. Discouragement makes you despondent. And despondent is the opposite of respondent. When you're discouraged, guess what? You do nothing. You call off sick from work. Because it's just easier to pull all the shades, don't let any light in, don't want to have any conversations, watch eight seasons of your favorite movie. Eight seasons is a lot, isn't it? But you know what I'm talking about. And some of you are there. So God has called you to be a man and a woman of action. Life right now, this is, let me just kind of talk about life from a very de- depressing perspective you wake up you go to work you come home you eat dinner you watch tv go to bed that's it well spend time with the wife and kids in there too if if some of you you hardly have any virtue left because you're exhausted instead of you living life life is living you and you go to bed I say, how about doing something? I challenged you last week, and I'm going ch- I'm to check up on you a month later. Like I said, December 3rd, I'm going to give you a month to start something new, to do something that requires supernatural intervention. What are you doing in your next step that requires and prompts God to step in and supernaturally assist you? For some of you, it's literally waking up. <laughs> Well, actually, waking up is a supernatural thing. Thank you, Lord, for this new day of life. But we've turned life around into the discouraged version of mundane, boring living. And your your guardian, some of you, your guardian angels are bored. Some of you, your guardian angels laid off. They're unemployed. What are you doing? I haven't worked in six months. They haven't done anything. Road rage don't count. I want, my, I want my guardian angels to be a TDI, to be like, we got injured saving this guy because he's always doing crazy stuff. We had to send him another one. <laughs> Think about it. When was the last time you did something that you said, God, if you don't show up, something, I'm going to die. That's how they lived in the New Testament. They're like, God, if you don't show up, we're going to die. We're, we've so, we've, we're such professionals at safe living. And I think 2020 has elevated that. Be safe. Don't do that. Don't touch that. Be safe. Don't touch this. Oh, that swing is dangerous. And, and they, all the parks in Rhode Island, in the state, in the country are all changed because one kid fell. A mother sues. And everything's padded. No risks. Don't challenge yourself. Don't do anything. But my understanding of the word is miracles happen when people step out of themselves. And one thing with discouragement is discouragement will cause you to retreat instead of moving ahead. How do we prevent now living in discouragement when we look at the story of Joshua? God says to him this. He says, be careful to obey the law. Don't turn from it to the right or the left that you may be successful. I want to be successful wherever I go. 
Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate it on, on day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So let's look at this. So he tells Joshua to be careful. Obey all the law. Guard and protect your ability to obey and follow God's word. Now, Joshua chapter 91, Joshua chapter 1 has about 92 words in this chapter. More than half the words in this chapter having, are, have, have to do with obeying God's word. He didn't say to Joshua, Joshua is the captain, he's the general of an army. He didn't say to Joshua, hey Joshua, let me share with you some military secrets. He didn't say, hey Joshua, let me share with you some strategy. Develop a good leadership team. He didn't say to Joshua, hey, develop good systems. He said, the key to your success is knowing my plan, purpose, and mission on your life and staying close to the word. Your obedience is directly related to your success. Be rooted in God's word and you will be successful wherever you go. Then he says later on, he says, wherever you place your foot, I will bless. Our prayers are like, I'm going to stay here, Lord, until you tell me where to go. He says to Joshua, just go. Wherever you go, I'm going to bless, which is such a liberating concept for the Old Testament. This is what he says to Joshua. Meditate on it day and night. Meditate. Now, when you look up the word meditate, how many of you love to look up words? All right. Look up every word. I looked up the word. They had words that were synonymous with meditate. True. I like that. So if I break off into using stories and illustrations having the food, will you forgive me in advance? Thank you. Chew. You're supposed to chew every morsel of bite 20 to 30 times. I said, that's dumb. <laughs> and I confirmed it on Google. And it's true. I'm like, I don't do that. Do I do 10? No. Do I two, do two? On a good day, two. If it's a chewy steak, maybe three. My wife says, you eat very fast. I said, Jesus is coming back. <laughs> Think about it. Oh, you're supposed to chew because you get the more of the nutrients. My wife said, you got to enjoy your food. I'm like, I'm enjoying everything. <laughs> chew. So he says, chew on the word day and night. I I'm going to hit you with this now. Chew. He says, keep the law on your lips. Put more on your heart, but it's not, what your lips release has already been uh, sitting in your heart. So when we talk about the, when we talk of Hebrews, uh, God's word is like a two-edged sword. What does that mean? The commentators say in the Hebrew is like two, a two-mouthed sword. In the book of Revelation, the Bible says that Jesus is going to come on a horse. What's coming out of his mouth? A sword. He don't speak. It's just a sword, a two-mouthed sword, which is what? Something you've been meditate on, meditating on eventually gets released. So if I have a five-minute conversation with you, I can tell if you've been reading the Bible or not. You know, we usually start out with, okay, these are the facts of my life. It's, I'm unemployed. All these things are happening. I have all these sick family members. But then we transition to the truth. It's not the facts that set you free. It's the truth. So the facts is we're in living in bondage. The truth is God says, I will, I am, I will, I am, and I'll take care of you. That's the, that's the truth. He says, meditate on it. The word synonymous with meditate is true. The Hebrew word for meditate is vocalize. 
Again, two mouth. Meditate, speak. Meditate means speak. Meditate means articulate. So when I get in that funk, I've learned enough to know now. I'm going to pull a full sentence together, articulate a full sentence together talking about the goodness of God. Because I do not want to do anything or feel anything that gets an amen from hell. Articulate what we're supposed to be thinking about, thinking about meditating on the goodness of God and verbally out loud declaring. Because the goal is don't fertilize discouragement, but to chew on it day and night. So how do we chew on it at night when we're sleeping? Well, before you go to bed, don't watch the whole series of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't see how you people, I don't see how you people do it. I don't see how you go to the haunted house. Ah, this is fun. Ah, this is fun. I don't want that anywhere near. Let's go to the haunted house. It's $28. I'm like, why would I be, why would I want to, and yet, and at the same time, you're praying against fear. And you're paying $28 for people to fan into flame that gift. The enemy has his own gifts of the spirit too, and it ain't a gift, and it ain't the Holy Spirit. Before you go to bed, don't watch a guy chopping people up with a saw. It's crazy. And then expect God to give you a breakthrough. How about before you go to bed, listening to worship music, listening to the word. They got the, you know, the different voices you can use on the app. Some of them are creepy, some of them are good. And just fall asleep from Romans chapter 1. I'm usually asleep by Romans chapter 1, verse 2. <laughs> oh, they'll take much. And if, if you're, if you, it's tough to put you to sleep, listen to the book of Leviticus. Numbers. Do something. Don't, don't, don't stay there. How long do you want to stay there? And I, I remember years ago when I would just struggle with this discouragement. And I would just stay there for a long time. And I would just exist. And just go do my thing and just exist. And then I realized, you know, I don't have to stay there. This is what Paul says, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. It's a lot of madness. He says, finally, brothers and sisters. He sums it up. He says, lastly. Some, he says, listen, just bringing this to a close. I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds. Everybody say, fill my mind. Come on, marinate, chew. When you marinate, come on, I'm going to go with this illustration. When you marinate a steak, can we go that way? Yeah, sorry. James, I'll talk to you. You ready? You put the steak inside of a Tupperware and you put the juice, whatever it is, what do you put in it? put it in there for 24 hours Mike the next day the juice is gone why because the juice is now inside the steak this is what we're talking about meditate mastical in Latin which means chew ingest take in steep yourself in a God reality fill your minds I gotta stop rebuking the devil and start rebuking me because we know the devil don't do the right thing, but I'm like, I'm all over the place. And meditate on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, 
gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. He says, mull on these. One version says, mull on these things. When you mull something over, it means you take on the weight of those thoughts. Woo! The only thing I want to be overwhelmed by is God thoughts. Mike, I have not been able to sleep for the last three days. Why? Because I'm thinking about his grace on my life. Mo, take on the weight. Whatever's on the outside now becomes part of who I am. He says, mold these things over. As soon as you wake up, have a verse. I know some of you have a verse everywhere you go. One, three, six, Romans 1, 2, Everywhere you go. Because the world is mean and the world is dark and what's happening in our world is ugly. And I don't want to be disconnected from courage when somebody talks to me about biblical sense that it sounds gibberish. But today you will understand these words of destiny. Today you will understand these words of promise. Today you will understand these words of hope. He says, I am the Lord. I will bring you out. I will free you. I will redeem you. I will take you. I will be your God. And I will give you as a possession the land that I promised you. That's the word of the Lord over your life. So my question is, okay, you're in a funk. Nothing wrong with that. But I think the funk is putting you in a position that you're believing processes that doesn't match his promises. This is where for me, I can't stay there for more than a couple of whatever. Because then I don't think things. I mull things over that celebrate the language of hell, not the language of heaven. So sure, let's feel what we feel. Make sure that what you feel, what you feel, celebrates God. So how long do you need to stay there? Pastor Tony, I'm in a funk right now. You don't, you don't understand what's happening in my life. These are the facts, but what's the truth? The truth is God is in the house, and he's sending a wave, a blanket of peace, a blanket, a mantle of things that celebrate all good things. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. So I'm a man of courage. doesn't mean that I'm not afraid. It just means that what I do, most of the time, I do it afraid. Most of the time, I do it nervous. So put your hand over your heart. We pray for that mantle of peace. Hallelujah. Keep these words on your lips. Keep the mantle of God's presence and speak out those things. For there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And the Spirit of God says, I'm here to bring you peace. Don't stay there. Don't stay there. You want to be there? Turn to your neighbor and say, don't stay there. Don't stay, don't stay there. Don't stay there. I'm having a rough day. Tell me about it. How long do you want to How long will you mourn over your past decisions? Let's figure out a way how to 
and getting somebody to walk with you is always best. Right, James? James, come on. Give me an arm. Getting somebody to walk with you. This way, the other. Getting somebody to walk with you. Come on, James, follow. <laughs> getting somebody to walk with you. When you walk alone, man, it's easy. But when you walk with somebody, you go, hey, what's going on? I'm having a tough time. We'll have a tough time together. See, I think what the church does, we don't, we don't as a whole, we could do it better. I'm having a tough day. Oh, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Don't you know that Jesus died on the cross for you and he loves you with an everlasting love? Yeah, you're allowed to have a tough day. But how long do you want to stay there? Because God is all about talking about things in your future.